We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. season i don't know how you're feeling i, I can't complain they're they're playing about as well as you could hope for a start season well when was the last time we were this happy i don't know you, we, gotta, we gotta ask the listeners when was the last time we just every single pod we are just happy as hell uh, i mean like this team i, I just rewatched the game uh this morning because i wasn't able to catch it last night and they just they look i mean they just look like a really damn good basketball team and uh there's just a lot of things that they still need to improve on, but the baseline of what they are now is so good. So good. You got the Kings on in the background. Kings, Mavs on in the background, Sam. And it will go on tangent, but like the Mavs don't look good. And like, that's a no, team that's like, they were in that, but they were in that same tier, right? With the Warriors before the season. Look, you know, look, look what's yeah, going on now, I mean, five games in. Vegas had the, the Mavs and the Warriors in basically, you know, same win total, around 48 wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warriors look like they could easily exceed that. The Mavericks look like it's going to be a struggle to get there right now. But, <laughs> hey, we're only in week two, six games, right. a right. lot of season left. You mentioned the OKC game from Saturday night. That, you know, so what I liked is that the Warriors learned from their kind of embarrassing showing against OKC earlier in the week and just came out all business no Steph Curry in the fourth because they kind of blew them out. And we even got to see the debut of Jonathan Kuminga, who Draymond calls the swaggiest person on earth. What'd you think of Kuminga, man? I was, I was just excited to see him get some run. Like I know Steve Kerr is not going to be playing him in the rotation in the early part of the season, or maybe even later, but like it, it was cool to finally see him with the knee injury and everything. I, um, this, let's start with the Draymond quote though. Uh, the Warriors, you know, even in Steph and Clay's heyday, wasn't necessarily kind of the, I guess, quote unquote, swaggiest. Like they were, they were pretty cocky or whatever. But but Kaminga is a different type. Like he's he seems like more the Jordan Poole type. Uh, he's 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 of that Gen Z uh, type of guys, and and you can tell he's super confident. That's the cool thing about Kaminga, I think, so far. With Wiseman last season, you can see he was confident, but he would kind of waver a little bit up and down whenever he was playing bad. I don't know if we're going to see that problem with Kaminga, which could be good or bad. It's like Jordan Poole, I feel like. it's The dude is just, he looks like he's going to be confident forever, no matter what. 
And uh, that's the biggest takeaway because you're going to get to some of the negatives. But, <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, just I was watching actually- them, it was just super, I mean, positives and negatives, but the super coolest thing was just seeing how comfy he was the whole time. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, he actually looked pretty nervous to me. Uh, and I'm not surprised. First NBA game, some jitters there. And I never make too much out of garbage time. Like he gets subbed in at about the eight minute mark, gets seven to eight minutes of run. Uh, the game was over. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but it was cool to see the crowd was super hyped to see him. That was like one of the one of my favorite parts about it. They were um, they were very excited to see what this uh, Kuminga guy is all about. Um, on the positive side, like it, it, just the same things we saw in preseason and summer league. Yeah. Uh, he can, for a raw teenage wing, his handle and his kind of um, his passing ability is kind of better than you'd expect, right? Like, I could definitely see him developing into a guy who gets you five or six assists in a Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam type of way. Like, he's not going to be. I, I don't see him being a Wiggins or even like Harrison Barnes, like guys who struggle to get to two to three assists a game, you know, yeah. like he's got, he's got that in him. Now with that said, like the jump shot needs a lot of work. I mean, all his game needs work. Even his handling needs to tighten it up and everything. And, and that's normal, but like he does look like a player who could eventually develop into a warriors type of player with kind of read and react ball movement, drive and kick, uh, all, all the things the Warriors look for. Cause like, if I was to make one overarching statement on the Warriors this year, it's they, they definitely figured out IQ goes farther than athleticism yep. for them. Yep. So, yep. No, I, I, um, yeah, the, he, he needs to work on a lot of stuff. The passing was pretty cool. Uh, I thought, cause you don't see many young guys come in the league, especially when you just are as athletic and, and big as Kaminga look to pass. And uh, it seems like he's going to be able to play in Steve Kerr's system, which I think is is going to be a good thing moving forward. I keep thinking because I look at him. I keep thinking with where the NBA is going today, this dude's going to play five. Like, he's going to play a lot of five, I should say. Not primarily, but like he's going to play a lot he's, of five. He's a four. And and if you're a four, you're going to play five. You know, like he's definitely <laughs> – what well, my point is he's not a two-three type of wing. Like, he's not a Clay Thompson no. who's a two-three. He's definitely like a – Harrison Barnes, uh, yep, yep, yep. you know, those type of guys where it's like, sure, you're a small forward, but we're only going to play you at the four, you know? So, um, and and that's cool. That's fine. Especially since Draymond can play the five and, um, you know, you can, you can see which way he's going. Like, that's why I mentioned Siakam. He might be more of a Siakam type where you're like, yeah, he's kind of a wing, but he's kind of not at the same time. I mean, what are positions really these days anyway? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so. Siakam's a good comp, I think, too. That's another guy who I think is like he worked his way into being a good three point shooter, but he was never that type of shooter coming in. Right. So he worked himself into beginning like, well, like I, I could see that happening and with Kaminga. So it's still not like he hits. Right. <laughs> he hits enough shots to kind of keep you honest, but like he's not, he's not a shooter, so to say, you know, and, and like Siakam's values, obviously getting to the rim and kind of driving kick and, you know, the spin move, nope. Nope. <laughs> that sort of stuff. Like I could see Kuminga being the type of guy who racks up five, six, seven free throw attempts a game when he gets to his prime and five to six assists and, uh, just those type of things. And there's value there. What's going to be interesting is how long it takes him to be at least like a functional role player 
for this team because this team's good and they're not going to – he's not going to get, like, the the opportunity to explore his I, game the way, like, Josh Giddy does right now because, like, OKC is in a deep rebuild. I, so that's the that's the other thing I because I feel like we're going to see a lot more Kaminga, but I think the most important part, I think, is he needs to be in the G League. Same with Wiseman when he comes back. Um, I mean, Wiseman may be less so because they might actually need him to play, which doesn't bode well for him. I kind of feel bad for the guy. Like, why are you relying on a kid like that? But, like, those guys deserve to be playing in the G League. They need to play. It's just I make the Trey Lance comp every podcast. They just need to play basketball. You can't just sit on the bench all season long and, and, and get better. Only, it's not possible. And the only work you get done is individual, like, practice days and stuff. Like, that's not yeah. good enough. So, yeah. Uh, I do agree with you. I think Kuminga more so. I actually think Wiseman should be able to get decent run just because there's minutes to be yeah, had. He should get 10 minutes, right? 10, 10, 15, he should, right? Yeah, maybe up to 20 at some point. But, like, there are yeah. minutes to be had, particularly in the second unit in the center position. All right, let's, take, let's, get, let's get to the main, te- uh, the main team so far. I just wanted to touch on Kuminga a little bit because that's the first time we got to see him. So Warriors are 5-1, and one, and that's through two weeks. I decided to do a little deep dive into the numbers. Most of it confirms kind of our observations and what we've Uh-oh. seen. So through two weeks, and we're recording this midday Sunday, so who knows? Something could change, and it could be a little different. Warriors currently have a 106.6 offensive rating. That's good for 11th in the NBA. They're slightly mm. above average on offense. If you want to really dig into it, with Steph Curry's on the floor, it's 113 which puts it at kind of elite level when Steph is off the floor, they can't generate a shot. So that's where we get to shocking. Nothing has really changed there. What has changed is the defense in my opinion is a lot better than last year. 98.7 defensive. Anytime you're allowing, anytime you're under a hundred, that's a borderline elite defense. And they are currently below 100. And when you get Draymond and Iguodala together, they are Ooh. like maybe the best defense in the league. Um, shades of like 2016, 17 with them. You know, they're really dialing wow. back the clock a little bit. All of this is to say currently the Warriors have the fourth best net differential in the NBA. The best is the Miami Heat, who, in my opinion, are playing the best basketball of anyone in the NBA. They they essentially look like the Warriors with a little more offensive talent, honestly, to me. Um, and you know what? Clay Thompson comes back. Maybe they're one A, one B. I've loved right. what I've seen from the Heat so far. They look like they look like the Warriors on both ends of the floor. To be honest with you, like the switching defense with Bam and Jimmy, yep. and then just ball movement with Lowry finding guys like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. You know, there's some differences, but they really do feel like two teams with like very similar concepts going on. I mean, that could be a lockdown. That's one of the more, more fun teams to watch the Heat uh, this season, along with the Grizzlies. But they're just – they can be locked down. They're so physical, too. Um, the game against the Nets was was just a fun – rely a little bit too much on Tyler Hero, I think, uh, come playoff time. But but anyway, back back to the original point. You know what I what stands out to me a lot there is the defense. Um, and, and because they talked about all last season – about how they had long wing players and why that would make them a better defensive team. That was never true. I never felt like they were a better defensive team just because you got long athletic guys. You know what makes better a team better on defense? Smart defenders. <laughs> That's what they have. 
right? Like that's who they have now. Obviously, you're right. Draymond's much better. Andre Godala's back. And Jesus, I saw him try to throw a off the backboard dunk. I mean, he missed it, but isn't he like 38? How's that even possible? <laughs> uh, that looked ridiculous. But like they just got not only smart players on offense, like we've been talking about, but like the guys just know how to play basketball on defense. And end of the day, if it's just a regular season, you can get away with that. Not only that, they're fourth on defense. Like I never felt like guys like Ubre and Bazemore were that exceptional on defense. Yeah, I always felt like last year Draymond was he really didn't get enough credit for the work he did with defense because he got them to be a top five defense. But, you know, he can't make Kelly Oubre smart in crunch time. He can't like he Mm -hmm. can't fix everything. Now you're giving him kind of higher IQ defenders to put around him and it's even better. Um, I think he's playing. Honestly, he probably should have been defensive player of the year last year. I know why he didn't get it. There's politics involved and everything. And, uh, but you know, he should, he should be the front runner right now also. And it's, I hope he gets it because it's going to be really lame if Draymond retires with just one defensive player of the year, when you and I both know he's the best defensive player of a generation and probably four of the past seven seasons, you could say who's the best defensive player. Like I'm not going to, there's definitely years in which he's, um, gone you know half speed for most of the season so i'm not going to claim he deserved it in like 18 or 19 or anything but like should have got it in 16 and 17 and 20 and like he there's been more than a few years where it's like draymond you're the best defender in in basketball that actually brings me to another point i forgot to mention this when i was running through the warriors numbers the number one trend i've noticed in the nba this year scoring's down the scores look like 2015-16. And I looked it up. You know what the average offensive rating is right now? About 106. You know what the average offensive rating was in 2016? Mm-hmm. 106. All this is to say the new rule emphasis has taken the game back to like that 2013 to 16 era where like 100 was about the average score. And I, and I love it. It's, it's like just the right amount of offensive defensive balance. You know, it's not like the nineties when it was like anyone's, you know, people struggling to score 75. And it's not like the last couple of years where I was like, dude, one twenty is like the game doesn't start till you get to one twenty. you know, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Like you want somewhere in between that for like the best, like pure basketball viewing experience. I mean, the last few years have been just an abomination to the game. I mean, it's pathetic. I mean, just 130s every night. Guys just drawing 15 fouls a game. That's not basketball. Nobody wants to watch that. This season has been so enjoyable around the NBA, not just because obviously the Warriors are good. three-point fouls. Because, like, and you know how that goes. If you you foul someone taking a three, you're going to start backing off of them. And if you you can't guard NBA players, like, they're going to make threes and – I don't know. It just wasn't like real basketball when you watch it for the most part. That's what made it really frustrating to watch the Warriors not have enough shooting on the floor at all times. Um, yeah. Well, and you know what the crazy part is after after all this, after all the rule changes and stuff, and Draymond had a great quote about it, Steph Curry still just – Steph Curry, nothing has changed. <laughs> he is honest, still Steph honest Curry. basketball. Mr. Uh, you, you honest know? basketball. Um, yeah, you he brought up Dr- – wins. Yeah. You brought up Draymond's quote. I can't believe I didn't lead with this one. Can I also say how satisfying it's been to watch the game of basketball without all these bullshit fouls? I mean, yes, you are correct, Draymond. But, like, (laughs) don't you feel like now that the game is being officiated 
more fairly, it makes Draymond a more right. impactful player. Like he was always the best defender in the league, but like how valuable was defense when they wouldn't let you ever do anything on defense, right? right? Especially the way that he plays defense. Um, he's just, he's everywhere. He's guarding bigs. He's guarding smalls. I think part of it is, um, and by the way, Steph averaging right under 28, nine points a game. We'll get to him later, but, uh, and he's not even playing like that well, like as well as he could, he's averaging 29 points a game. So just, just incredible. Um, and I think it, it spills over to the offensive end. I'm just, I was, I was, uh, I really only watched the first half of last night's game. Um, like paid a, tension to it and Draymond Green looks like he's uh I didn't know he turned into Anthony Davis uh uh at the rim now so so I think that's part of it I mean he's just he gets to play defense how he wants to play and it leads to him playing offense it's kind of like James Wiseman last year James Wiseman played better basketball when he got a few dunks like pick and rolls easy buckets and then he was just able to be more impactful on defense just he's just locked in Draymond is locked in this season yeah and I don't know this to be true but it's it really does feel like uh, he's motivated by the fact he can play defense. You know, like he's definitely the type of guy who like, he loves the fact that they're officiating the game more straight up and it gets him more and more excited. Like there's a little more, you know, pep in his step, however you want to say it. Right. And I don't know, it's been great. So that's, that's kind of my first positive of the season, which is like, I, I just love this brand of basketball. I love the way the league is trending and I've loved the way Draymond has played. He, um, we didn't mention it, but in the OKC game, he was aggressive offensively. I kind of think it all ties together for Draymond. Like if he can play defense the way he wants to, he gets emotionally into the game. If he gets emotionally into the game, he's going to attack a little more and play offense a little more straight up. You can tell when he's not fully engaged and he's just passing the ball around and kind of doing that. I'm, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, when you, when you're sitting at your desk at work and you're kind of just browsing the internet, looking at emails, cause you don't really feel like doing anything. Like that's kind of the basketball he's playing a couple of years ago at times. Yeah, dude was, dude was clocked out. I mean, he even said it. And I think he mm-hmm. now knows that there's a chance this team could win a, I mean, they could win a title. It's like a real chance that there's they're they're in that hunt this season. He's a uh, man. He looks incredible. He does look incredible. Golden State Warriors basketball is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Warriors tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one, compared it to another site that I usually use. TickPick was actually cheaper. Uh, So there you go. But make sure you go to TickPick for all your Warriors tickets games this season. Visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of Golden State Warriors tickets. Again, it's TickPick.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That's good, Dream on Talk. Um, you mentioned Steph Curry. <laughs> Steph is obviously always a positive. This is the funniest stat. Steph is shooting over 50% on tightly contested threes and 31% on open or wide open threes right now. This is the most Steph Curry thing ever. If he's like left wide open, he's almost like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I, I need so I need he's two bodies draped. All, yeah, I need two guys draped <laughs> all over me. <laughs> Well, after last season, I, it makes sense. He spent all of last season shooting with two people on him. So now he's like, he's been conditioned to, <laughs> to make shots with two guys on him. Uh, he's got a little bit more space uh, this year. I also like, um, um, I, I just like the lineups that Kerr is playing. I mean, he's putting out there. I was watching, you know, it's, it's okay. See, but like I watched, I watched Otto Porter, Bielitsa, uh, um, Andre Godala. Draymond and or sorry Andre Godala, Chioza and Steph Curry uh out there at the end of the first quarter today or yesterday and I just thought damn like those are just five really 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 smart guys out there like they just know how to play basketball it feels like you brought up 2015-16 like it feels like that team IQ um and and it's the type of basketball too because I watched them pass the ball to each other six times in in five seconds and nobody shot so that's classic Warriors like that is just, that's perfect is what we're used to. But it's just, I think this team is just set up so perfect for, for guys like for the two best players for Steph and Draymond, uh, the way that they want to, the way that they want to hoop. Absolutely. Um, I want to throw into it. Steph is, he's not shooting poorly cause he's at 39.5% from three, but like for Steph, that's poorly, you know, he hasn't even like got into the season at the level he needs to, and he's yep. still playing awesome. He's still averaging 29 points a game, uh, seven and a half rebounds and 6.5 assists. Uh, he's not taking to the rim as much as I'd like. And it shows in his two point percentage. Um, in general, I think he's probably just trying to pace himself. I think he knows, this team needs him out there for 75 games. Um, and I'm okay with Steph taking some bailout threes and avoiding, um, you know, kind of the contact that comes I'm with getting with to the room, particularly yep. since they're winning. Like, you, you save those, save those. I'm going to drive and bang uh, for the games where it's like, we need this right now, you know? But if you're right, that is the next level of Steph. I think it's, it's kind of like, it's what LeBron does. It's just, you're, you, you can't go all out every single game 
right? You you have season. to know it's a long season, and I think Steph is is kind of learning that now. Like I wish sometimes he wouldn't go as hard on defense because I'm like, I mean, damn man, like <laughs> the guy runs yeah. the most. He's the most conditioned person in the NBA. But yeah, I think there's part of it where he is he is kind of pacing himself a little bit because they are gonna need. Uh, those guys and, and it's going to be a long playoff run you know what I mean they're going to get they got three four rounds they're going to go through so um, the other thing is he also always warms up near the all-star break that's the other thing that we've always brought up and talked about is he usually starts off pretty slow which quote-unquote for, for his standards yeah <laughs> for fucking 39.5 percent from three what you said that's, that's ridiculous that's that's nobody shoots better than that and then like maybe one two like I am but they're they're like strictly three-point shooters right like this guy's shooting off the dribble stuff. So, and so Steph being Steph, 33, it's crazy. So, um, Steph's averaging seven and a half rebounds right now. Um, I, I imagine it's going to go down a little bit, but it ties into the other positive, which I think is the, the most surprising positive. I'm not surprised that they're defending better than they did last year. I'm not surprised that they're moving the ball better. Just, I mean, look at the roster. We saw that coming. I am a little surprised, like positively, that they're rebounding it so well. They're currently seventh in rebound percentage, which basically means percentage of total rebounds available. Um, they get they get the seventh most out of any team. And then they're second in defensive rebound percentage. So in general, they're rebounding the ball really well. And it's really by committee. I mean, Looney does his job. Draymond is getting more rebounds this year than he has in the last couple of years. The, the surprising ones are Iguodala, Otto Porter, and Steph Curry. All three of those guys are all over the glass all the time. Uh, but, you know, it, again, it's not even singling out one person. It's just about being fundamentally sound getting yeah. and getting every loose ball. I've, I've yet to see them have a game. We'd see it last year. They haven't had one of those games where they get like just getting torn 10, apart. 10 to 15 yeah. rebounds less, and then you deal with a possession differential and that sort of stuff. I wonder if it's sustainable. I feel like it is. Like, there's no team out there that's going to destroy them on the boards. Like, Rudy Gobert and Nikola Jokic, probably the two best bets, right? Like, uh, are, your, are your two teams? They're going to be probably problems. Be. So we'll They're see what they look be like. Problems yeah. on the glass and go yeah. against them. But I but feel like, like the- it doesn't matter if you have bigs, bigs anyway against those guys. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like if you have a big to go up against Jokic and Gobert, they're gonna they're gonna torture you regardless. Yeah, and they're pretty committed to having a bunch of. Uh, committed to spacing you out. So another thing that takes away the advantage of the, the big man who engulfs rebounds, like Gobert is currently averaging, I think 18 or 19 rebounds a game. And he's really doing like the old school, big, like I'm just going to control the restricted area type of thing. Right. That's harder to do. If the warriors put him in high pick and roll, if he has to deal with guarding Steph on a pick and roll, it's hard for him to get back and get the rebound. And that's also part of the reason they're able to, to be a really competitive rebounding team. You know, like they don't have the greatest rebounding personnel, but they do have personnel who's smart and they space you out. In terms of sustainability defensively and rebounding, I think it's, I think it's sustainable. Sam, I, I, I don't see, um, I don't see this team kind of missing out there. I think the only thing I, I maybe worry about um on that end would would probably probably be just age right like you can't expect guys just to be this good we're at the beginning of the season right and they're coming out they're playing well but um you know andre's not going to play many games he's going to sit some out draymond's going to sit some out here and there too so you know once that happens it's going to be kind of an issue but i think some of these trends are pretty uh i think they should stay moving forward 
relatively sustainable. Yeah, it doesn't. Nothing that the Warriors are doing right now doesn't feel sustainable. And so it gets to my yes. other positive, which is the depth. I yeah, think uh, positives. Yeah, yeah. It's like I mean, Damian Lee has been on. He didn't play Saturday, but he's been a revelation all year for them. Otto Porter keeps getting better. Um, he might be their best center, honestly, behind Draymond Green. He oh, might boy. be the best center yeah, on the yeah. roster. He's you forget how big Otto Porter is. Like he's not that much shorter than Lo- he's not smaller than Looney, right? And um, when he's on the floor, guys guard him 25 feet out. And as long as he's rebounding like a big man, which he's doing right now, like there's not a lot of reason you shouldn't be playing him. I kind of, I think Steve Kerr is going to play him more and more as the season goes on. We know Otto's had some issues with his hip and his back. And I think the Warriors are probably like, let's not send this guy to the injury list by overplaying him early on. You know, you know what I mean? Look, if, if, if a coach in the league is, is the best at managing depth and managing uh, kind of aging uh, or managing veterans and injured Steve, like he's the best at it. He'll never overplay a guy. And, you know, people will complain time to time. I complain, but like he'll never overplay someone. So auto porters in good hands. That shot is beautiful. I mean, shit. It, it's based, it's Steph, it's clay, right? On the team, the shots gorgeous, obviously, but auto porter. Yeah, it's, it, it looks a lot like it's not as textbook as Clay because no one is. Maybe <laughs> Duncan Robinson might be the only not guy. Even, like not close. even Steph, yeah. Yeah, not but even. like, I mean, Otto, it's like feet set, no wasted motion, shoulders up. It's it's a very consistent looking shot. And he's beautiful. And he's a legit 6'9. So he's, he's never really worried about like someone contesting him and that sort of stuff, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's been a, he's a great fit. And like for him, the thing I'm mostly looking forward to is like how, or, not looking forward to looking to is like how his body holds up, you know? Cause yep. like, that's the reason they were able to get him on discount. If Otto never had the health issues, he's not a vet minimum guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go through some other depth stuff too. Uh, Damian Lee, you brought up Iguodala. Great. Right. Damian Lee's been, been awesome. But I mean, this team is the up and down the roster. JTA sometimes can't get minutes. Um, just because they're so deep and, and he's a really, he's a rotation player, in my opinion, Gary Payton Jr. And Chris Chioza, I think at this point are kind of splitting uh, backup point guard minutes, kind of like that change up type of player, depending on mm-hmm. what the matchup is. Um, Chioza has been getting some minutes lately, but both guys, whenever they play, I think they look good out there. I think Chioza doesn't make mistakes. Uh, he handles the ball. He can shoot a little bit. And then Gary Payton is just a monster defensively. Shit. I mean, could, if he played 30 minutes a game on like the Kings, like a losing basketball team, would he be like a, all defensive type of guy, maybe like he's just that good defensively. Um, up and down, and 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 Bielitsa, uh, maybe not shooting enough threes for my liking. Maybe a little, little too little, much little, ball handling, little Omri Caspi ness going on there, <laughs> where it's like, I get it. This is the first NBA coach you've had who doesn't relegate you to just spot up duty, but like you do need to shoot the ball, but like you, you do, you can see it. Remember like Omri Caspi, he was like so excited. He got to do stuff other than just stand in the corner and chuck. All right. And then right. he just stopped shooting the ball. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I that's kind of dark. I hope that doesn't happen to Belly. Yeah. I was going like, to say, <laughs> I, I, well, I, I think Belly may be a little bit different. He is, but like, he's not like instant shooting it. Like he did kind of in the preseason. So I wish he'd do it more, but he's good. Every time you watch him play out there, he's make he's making an impact, and like they hide him defensively too. Um, whenever whenever he's on the floor, they make sure that he's guarding either their their big where he doesn't have to do much, or that he's just playing with Draymond. It just it just makes life easier for him. So I think just they got guys that are just if if there's no below average players like there was last season, right? Like anytime up and down, they got twelve guys that can play. Well, maybe eleven, but they got guys that can play, and uh, that's that's a recipe for regular season winning team. It's what the Warriors need. 
Yeah, I mean, they they should continue to to compile wins in the season playing like this. Um, don't want to get to the negatives, but a couple other things to talk about is uh, if there is a negative, it starts with overall lack of a secondary score. Clay Thompson's mm. going to help there, but like again, Wiggins is just content getting fifteen. You know, like he you would think there would be a little more aggression on his part, realizing like he could really average 20 ports efficiently on this team, but it's never going to change. And then uh, more importantly, like Jordan Poole's just been bad. There's like, there's not much, there's not much else to say. He's just slumping, man. He just, he's, I I assume he's going to come out of the slump sooner than later, but like not much you can do with a guy shooting 25% on three and kind of erratic decision. You can, at this point you can see he's in his head. Because he just yeah, like has not bit. hitting shots. He's just he needs to he needs to have one of those games where he goes like seven for ten from three, and then maybe he'll like slowly then like the weight will be off the shoulders. I think so. I think that's coming. You're right. I thought of that today too. I was just like, he's he's gonna get a game coming up here where he makes six six seven threes, and uh, it's gonna be great. I think he's always gonna take those crazy shots. That's who Jordan Poole is. I don't think you want to take that away from him because he's a kid that's got a lot of confidence. Man, you don't want to ruin that. Um, but yeah, I, I think what's what's a little bit more concerning about Paul is probably the decision making. He's he's really not like even the, the shot's not going to fall, but we think he's going to get to 36 percent, 35, 36 percent on volume. But the decision making has been pretty porous. Their turnovers has been pre- have been pretty bad. I think maybe that's part of it just because he's slumping. He's kind of everything else is kind of falling apart. Right. Um, but hey, he's going to have to play through it. He's not you're not going down in the G League. There's not last year. All right. He's starting basketball games. He closes when he's playing well. He's closed one game. So he's going to play through it. And um, you just got it's a long season. That's just this is the stuff that I think is good for him, too. Right. Like he can't uh, he needs to struggle. He needs to learn how to be better. And I think uh, like you keep saying, man, like Steve's letting him do it, letting him letting him tough, tough it out. The as one long as thing, he's letting him do it, we're good with it. The one saying. thing he hasn't done, which I'd like to see him do is go to the step back a little more. Um, I know it sounds counterintuitive considering how much he's slumping, but I swear to God, he feels more comfortable shooting off the bounce and he might just need to do that a little more. I know in the preseason, he looked like, I don't know, an alien with the type of shot making he was making, but like, maybe that's one thing, maybe not. Um, the other question I had for you is, okay, if he comes around, let's say he comes around and is hitting shots, at least at the clip he did last year and he had clay Thompson to this team. Do you think there's enough secondary shot creation or do they need more? I think that if so for pool, I think to be consistently secondary creator, it's going to, it's not going to be this year. I mean, he's, he's too young. Um, I I just don't think we've seen enough. I think it's going to be like maybe next year or so, and that's fine. So I think the answer is you probably still need more. Like it would be nice if there was someone there left because I think Steve is right. You don't, at least off the bench, in those 12 minutes that Steph isn't playing, you don't necessarily want Jordan Poole to be the primary ball handler. Um, and now maybe maybe that's Draymond, but that's unlikely, right? Because he's probably sitting too. And Clay's not a primary ball handler. So it, to your point, I think they still need that one maybe vet point. Maybe they don't need like a super – like they're not going to trade for one. So maybe it's not going to be that type of person, but maybe a vet buyout type of guy would be someone that they need. Like, I think a name like you brought up, Ricky Rubio, could be very, very, very helpful for someone like Jordan Poole. Yeah, I mean, first off, Kerr will love Rubio because he, he can really defend. Like, he's he's one of the most frustrating people in the league to watch defense Steph because at least once a game, I'm convinced he's going to, like, 
injure him by like diving into him. But anyway, he, he's a, he's a good player and I can see Cleveland, by the way that he's a defender. Cause I loved him growing up, growing up, but he, he was more of a, like a passer, right? Like you yeah. never thought of him as a defender. Now he's just awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, who knows, but like if he was to get bought out, it's not happening for another 50 to 60 games and Cleveland would have to be <laughs> Cleveland would have to be out of it. Let's be honest. Cleveland right now, they're, is, hey, they're not bad. Yeah, they're not bad. They are definitely a play-in team, right? Like they will be threatening for a play-in spot. So um, if they're threatening for a play-in spot, they're not letting him go. But I, I haven't even thought about that. The Cavs are like good now. I haven't even thought about that. I mean, they're three and four, so they're not they're not good, but they're definitely not bad. They should, you know, I could see them hanging around and being in the play-in uh, competition for a while, right? Like Detroit. Okay, they're you know they're they're tanking the hell out of it, right? Um, outside of that, I don't know that. Yeah, maybe maybe Orlando too. I don't think anyone else in the East is like serious tank. Everyone there is like we can be a playing team at least. You know? Yeah, yeah. I tell you, I tell you this. Getting on a tangent, I tell you this. But if if the Warriors had somehow tanked the season that Evan Mobley was coming out, oh man, that guy looks ridiculous, ridiculous. How is he? How is he already one of the better big men defenders in the NBA as a freaking rookie? It makes no damn sense. He's so good. I, I think he's better uh, as a one and done rookie than Anthony Davis was, and that's wild. Anthony Davis is phenomenal as a one and done. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway, I mean, not a Evan, I, but you. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to get into the Wiseman Mobley conversation, but like the difference in the way that they process the game is it's kind of insane like Mobley legitimately looks like a veteran whereas Wiseman looks his age and that's kind of that's kind of wild for a guy to be that young and kind of read the game at that at that speed I have no comment I will uh just waiting for James Wiseman to get healthy brother that's oh don't get me uh, wrong I think James Wiseman is going to help this team a lot I actually didn't throw him into it I want to see what they look like with Wiseman because uh, he could help with shot creation too, not creating his own shot, but just being like a monster rim roller, right? Like that alone should make open up the court in some capacity. Every two minutes of the game, Fitz goes, now that's where James Wiseman's going to come in. <laughs> and I think I said this on last part. I'm going to do this on every damn pod. Uh, look, we get it. We get it, Fitz. We get it. And we understand. We know. Uh, just let the kid well, get healthy I, I, and come I think back. The, I think the, uh, the order's coming from the top. Fitz is just Fitz has been given his marching papers. He's just executing, you know. Don't kill the messenger, Andy. Yeah, yeah he's, just, he's just he's just you know, it's, it's like uh, it's like you're like, why is Steph setting back screens? You're like, Steve Kerr wants him to set back screens. Why is Fitz talking of Wiseman? Someone wants him to talk of Wiseman, you know. Oh, uh, uh, I hope he gets healthy soon. I, I hopefully what what is Wiseman? Do you know any any update that's been coming up lately? What do you what do you think? Like, end I of mean, November they just said, Wiseman. Yeah, Monty Poole reported they he'll be cleared for full practice as soon as like a week from now. Yeah. And then it's really unclear um, how much the Warriors want to see him practice before they put him in a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think our initial assumption of sometime in mid-November being when we see him on the court. And like, I do think the first few games he plays, we're talking like 10 minutes a game just because he's off of an injury, you know. But, like, I do think sometime before Thanksgiving is realistic for him. Uh, we'll see. It'll be fun. Like, it's, it's, it's just a, it's another piece of the puzzle. This isn't, this isn't a top-heavy team. I mean, it is in the sense of Steph Curry. But, like, they, they, they are kind of strength in numbers and he is just another piece to that puzzle. Yeah, I, I think sometimes we forget 
the Flash as James Wiseman show last year and how excited we were watching him because mm-hmm. it's been so long. And then now we got Kaminga. So it's like, all right, now, now everyone's got the new shiny thing to root for. It's, it's Jonathan Kaminga, right? And Moses Moody seems like a really, he could be, Moses Moody looked like he could play 15 minutes, 16 minutes a game if he needed to. Like on last year's team, he would have he been playing 20 minutes a game. Um, and so everyone's kind of talking up those two guys and we forget about Wiseman. So, uh, but he's, uh, he had some nice moments last season. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited to see him coming back. Hopefully that's a, man, hopefully it's Thanksgiving. Hopefully it's soon and we don't have to wait till like end of the year or something like that. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm scarred watching the Niners. You know, the Niners tell us that somebody's healthy and then two weeks later, they're not healthy. You know what I mean? Like, Bunch of, bunch yeah, of you, got, you, you got you got some uh, you got a little built-in pessimism with the health right now, and I understand <laughs> I, I understand where it's coming from. Um, uh, but I'm I'm choosing to. I think he's young. I think he's gonna bounce back fine. We'll see. Um, I just want to see him play. All right, man. We'll be back. Um, maybe two, maybe on Wednesday, something like that. But yeah, subscribe, rate five stars, write a review. You know what? We might give out a free t-shirt to the best review. Oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, hell yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.